Hey guys, welcome to the happy hour. Who doesn't love a good happy hour? I'm coming at you real and unfiltered to talk about self-care, mental health, and life. This podcast is designed to encourage, educate, and uplift each person that listens. I'm coming from both a clinical standpoint and a personal point of view to discuss various matters. The happy hour is here to let each listener know that no matter what you may be going through, you can turn your obstacles into triumphs. So go ahead and like, share, subscribe, follow, do all those great things, but just make sure you also listen. Hey, happy hour listeners. Happy Friday. Thanks for tuning in to a new episode. And I'm like extremely excited to talk about today's episode. Um, I have a super awesome guest on and I'm so excited, you know, just to get this episode out. If you did not know, June is mental is men's mental health month. So, yes, men, you do have a month dedicated to your mental health. Everyone has mental health, but unfortunately, there's an even bigger stigma around men and mental health issues, especially in the African-American community. Compared to women, men are are less likely to actually seek out and receive the support and the help that they need when they're struggling with their mental health. So today, like I said, we're focusing on stigmas of mental health in the African-American male community. Um, I am so like honored and grateful to have Philip J. Roundtree. He has a master of social work and a master of science. He is a dynamic, engaging speaker, master's level clinician practicing since 2005. He's recognized society's lack of emphasis placed on mental health awareness, total wellness that results in him evolving into an advocate of wellness among various communities, particularly those that are underrepresented underrepresented. He's been recognized as a 2018 Black Enterprise Magazine Be Modern Man honoree and is a TED Talk speaker with his idea worth spreading Black Mental Health Matters. He's also the host of the You Good Man podcast. So if you're looking for that, it's hashtag You Good Man question mark. Um, It's a dedicated it's dedicated to discussing men's wellness across the areas of mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual wellness. Philip's message of resilience is driven by his professional and personal experiences in the areas of social work, exercise science, and wellness. His vulnerability gives a face, voice, and hope to those who yet to recognize their emotional and cognitive strength. He is also the founder of Quantify LLC. It's a nonprofit organization dedicated to providing empowerment services to enhance the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual strength of an individual, team, and or business. So I'm like beyond excited to get Mr. Roundtree on. But before we jump into it, we're going to take a quick break for some, you know, some cool ads that I know you love listening to. And we'll be back for a great discussion on stigmas of mental health in the African-American male community. All right, and welcome back to Happy Hour. Like I previously mentioned, we have a super awesome guest on today, uh, Philip Roundtree. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? 
Uh, peace, peace, peace. That's that's my standard greeting when I, you know, wherever I go. Um, so I am Philip Browntree. I'm the founder of Quantify LLC, which is uh, an organization designed to enhance and empower individuals around the four core ideas of wellness that I believe in, which is the quad, the wellness quad. And the wellness quad is physical, spiritual, mental, and emotional wellness. And it's the idea that in order to not only live, but to thrive in life, that all four need to be working at optimal levels, right? And so if it's a deficit in any area, then there's a high likelihood that there'll be a deficit in other areas as well. So we know when physical wellness is impacted, usually it impacts, it impacts our, our mood. If, if we're lacking spiritually, that also can lack, you know, impact our mental and emotional wellness and, and vice versa. So a lot of what I do is speaking on, on the topic of mental and emotional wellness. So colleges, universities, professional conference, community programs, somebody cookout, just anywhere I can, you know, have that conversation of wellness, especially when it comes to to marginalized and and you know underrepresented communities. Um, I'm somebody who who lives with depression and anxiety. I have for at least the last 20 years. I'm suicidal literally every day, five or six times a day. Um, I take medication for it. I go to therapy to, you know, to help me hone the skills that I already have. So again, I can not only live because I've lived for so long, but now my goal in life is to thrive and to help others thrive. And so also a part of, you know, a part of Quantify is I do wellness coaching, which looks a little bit like therapy. But again, I call it coaching because the focus really hones in on the you know the present even though we incorporate the past because that matters but definitely the present and being mindful of how that impacts our future i have a, a background in exercise science so you know i'm like a hundred thousand dollars in in debt but i so i mm-hmm. but i also offer physical wellness coaching so we're talking about general body composition for uh for the lay person a regular person as well as the athlete coaching so i I've, most of my clientele with regards to athlete coaching or power lifter and those who enter physique competitions like bodybuilding. Um, I sell merch, which is on my website, www.quantifyllc.net. Uh, I run a men's group here in Philadelphia, where I'm from at Mark Lamont Hills, Uncle Bobby's uh, Coffee and Books. And again, it's just the idea of men's wellness and how important that is. And it's this idea that we don't that we don't emote right now we emote we just might not emote in healthy ways and also we need a safe space in order to truly you know start unpacking the issues that that impact us uh that impact us and so also out of an extension of the men's group that i run here bi-weekly i also have a podcast entitled you good man uh which is available on itunes soundcloud and, and google google play music and it's the same idea really discuss men's issues which is the world's issues right so whether we're talking about abortion mm-hmm. whether we're talking about entrepreneurial wellness whether we're talking about healthy relationships but really digging deep um you know a lot of what we talk about is is i make sure i ask every guest about this the ever-evolving idea of masculinity and what that looks like comparatively speaking and how we adjusted 
how we've adjusted and how we are adjusting to the changes that are taking place. So that you know, that's what takes place. I have, I usually have a great guest. This week, I, I have Alfred Edmonds Jr., who is the senior vice president and editor at large at Black Enterprise Magazine. He's my awesome. guest. He's a, a mentor of mine. And so again, it's about pushing this conversation of wellness forward because again, we deserve not only to live but to thrive. So that's my spiel. Oh. Okay, awesome. Seems like you're doing a lot of great things out here, especially for the black community and the male black community. Because if you didn't know, everybody, June is mental men's mental health month. So that's why I'm so glad to have Mr. Roundtree on. Um, so today, you know, with all your extensive background and all your experience in, you know, men's wellness and men's mental health and, you know, just the fact that you, you know, struggle with mental illness as well. I as well. I'm sorry. Have, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to cut you off. I, I, I apologize. But that's one thing, like I'm very, very big on, on words, right? And so, because okay. I think words matter. So I definitely apologize for cutting you off. But even if it was my mom, I would still cut her off, like right in the middle of saying that. Uh, especially when it pertains to me um you know i don't struggle with with mental illness right i live with mental wellness issues and it might seem like um you know we're arguing semantics but how we look at things impacts how we how we navigate this world and so you know it's it has times been difficult for sure right times get difficult um again being suicidal that's a difficult time but for me to be here um, it's the idea that I, I didn't struggle. I, you know, I lived through it and I lived with it. So again, it might be you know, you know, arguing semantics, and I don't begrudge anybody who who says it, right? But especially when it comes to me, I, I definitely you know use living because again, I think when we when we start having these healthy perspectives on you know on uh, whether it's physical wellness, emotional wellness, mental wellness. Right, the healthier our perspective, the the healthier the outcomes, right? And so I don't want it to be like, you know, when I get 90, like, you know what, he struggled with depression for 90 years. No, it sounds a lot different to say, you know what, he lived with depression for 90 years, if that makes any sense. And you're absolutely right. And I apologize. Oh, no, no, but it's just so funny. No, I'm saying I apologize because it's just so funny that I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday and he was like, because and I don't want to use the word struggle. I have lived with depression, anxiety, PTSD, things like that. And I'm also on medication as well. And I was talking to him yesterday and I was talking about, well, I struggle with this and that. And he was like, you're speaking it into existence. So the fact that you did just cut me off and basically correct me, which is what it is. It's right. We don't struggle with it, you know, and that's a stigma along with mental health. Anyway, it's something we live with. So I do appreciate that. Thank you for that. So my apologies. Oh, no, oh, no. Um, I do love the way you broke it down, though. Thank you for that. So today we're going to be talking about stigmas around men and mental health issues, especially in the African-American community. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I was always, you know, told or especially like in relationships I've been in or just by guy friends or anything like that, that men are taught to hide their emotions. They're never to be vulnerable. They're not supposed to talk about their problems. I mean, do you believe that? Um men are taught to not be vulnerable or to communicate their feelings? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think we've been conditioned. Um, I don't think, I, I, I think in, in some instances, it's like, it's 
it's definitely like taught like you don't cry because you're a boy but then it's also subliminally reinforced by what it is that we see um in society that or things that takes place in our relationships uh, so you know one way or another we're we're learning that um you know emoting in a in a healthy way is is undesirable is not becoming of of what a man is and so you know we could go back to to where this stems from again this goes back you know you know <laughs> way back right we talking about you know we live in a patriarchy but we talk about colonialism we talk about you know various factors that impact the, the idea of masculinity especially black masculinity and so even if we go back to you know let's say it starts as slavery even though black history and african-american history and african history doesn't begin at slavery which you know uh, the world will have you believe um mm -hmm. you know but you know we think about it when we talk about you know not emoting not showing emotions and having this certain mindset we're talking about survival right so if me crying if me as a black man during slavery and me crying um you know showed any weakness then that can be uh you know used against me right if my family mm -hmm. saw me cry during this time imagine how they might feel right because i'm supposed to be the strong person i'm supposed to be the the protector the provider and so any chink in the armor um could potentially not only mean the end of my life but could co could bring you know harm to my family so we've adopted this and it's only been reinforced through time based off you know our uh, the historical trauma we've experienced. So we talk about slavery, we talk about Jim Crow, we talk about the civil rights movement, you know, we, we talk about um, up till present day trauma when we see people that look like us get killed, and, um, you know, our, the relationships where they're reinforced and what happened. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to Happy Hour today. Don't forget to subscribe, write me a review, and go follow me on my social media handles. Once again, thank you for tuning in to Happy Hour. And so, you know, whether we're talking about slavery, whether we're talking about historical trauma, like Jim Crow, we're talking about the civil rights movement, we're talking about, uh, oh man, the Black Panther movement, just all of these various uh, traumas that we've experienced. And, and then we, we fast forward to present day traumas where we see people that look like us get killed and harassed and traumatized over and over again. Again, we have to adopt this, we've adopted this skill set to survive. And at one point it was, it was necessary, right? I would never say that it, it was unnecessary. At one point, the, the idea of surviving and not crying was necessary for our survival. But now where we are, I think we're in a, a, a unique position, first time in history where we're, uh, we can somewhat start to rethink what we've been learned um again there's still going to be some traits you know of masculinity that pops up that's necessary for for our survival 
but you know as far as the idea of emoting and and healthy relationships and just being more verbally expressive and finding healthier ways to cope i think we're at a a, a good place to to really begin that work that's necessary okay definitely love everything you said right there um so do you believe that there is a stigma on mental health in the african-american community um again it's i i see i don't i don't know you know i know what it means but i don't know what that means in reference to mental health right like when again when we talk about when we talk about survival you know i don't i don't look at survival as being a stigma so if i tell somebody listen if somebody says um go to jesus and pray it away right i don't look at that as stigma i look at that as a way to cope right a way to cope in a way that we survive um you know yeah there's some people who are like completely against um the idea of therapy and 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 wellness in that area yes but again i look at where that stems from right so that stems from a place of uh medical mistrust right so we're talking about you got the tuskegee experiment we're talking about a whole a whole host of issues that that you know the medical profession has has used us as, as guinea pigs right so why would i go see a therapist who who will potentially play mind tricks on me right so i can understand why an older person may may have that perspective uh, again, you know, will I call it a stigma? Sure, I guess you can call it that, but I don't even really focus on that. It's it's really for me. It's just the idea. Of, I think when people have have options and have, um, you know, permission and being able to identify safe spaces, that they're more than willing to have uh, conversations on on mental health, even if it might be some resistance initially my experience has always been that it at some point they do come around and being open to the idea but that takes a lot of trust and so Mm -hmm. I, i think what we have with regards to mental health there's a lot i would call it a lot of distrust as opposed to just a stigma okay and i can definitely see the distrust and yes stigma is a word that was just you know use but i say that in the in the aspect of so like my ex he i tried like when we were together i would try to do like couples counseling i made sure to find like a male black therapist so he would feel comfortable like and he just wasn't for it and then even aside from that me trying to do therapy with him like me as a therapist that is my job that's what i went to school for that's my passion he would often say that it was like a waste of time there was no point of therapy there was this and then like he had a lot of anger he had a lot of probably other things because he never really told me anything he was never vulnerable with me he was never communicative communicative with me and so he just said that he didn't see a point of therapy he didn't see a point of talking to somebody about your problems because it for what and then he was one of those people that will be like just pray about it because like I say I live with anxiety sometimes I will have like panic attacks and I'll be like like really out of control and he he would be like oh I mean just pray about it it'll go away like and again that's not understanding mental health as well so he didn't understand exactly what I was going through but that's where you know that's one look at it and then just even like you know I've had family members and things like that that'll be like you know what's the point of therapy or why would I go to therapy or why do I need to talk to somebody 
so that was like where that question stemmed from. Yeah, yeah. No, listen, I, I agree. And what I hear, again, I hear, you know, a lot of, you know, lack of trust, um, whether it's in self, right? Because, you know, when we talk about relationships, and especially with regards to, to adults, we're talking about safety. It's safer for me to have this perspective because this is what has taken me to get to this point. Right. So this is what I've used to get to this point. So I've gotten to this point, number one. And so it's, you know, there's safe safety and familiarity. And so mm-hmm. that's why, you know, you'll see a lot of resistance. Right. Because if I've been living my life this way for 20 plus, 30 plus, 40 plus, 50 plus years. And here you go trying to introduce a new idea um, to potentially improve no matter how reasonable it might sound. No, I'm going to go with the tried and true. And so that's why you see, you know, the Quakers are resistance to to certain types of technology, right? They, even though they, they'll use some, but they're resistant to it. I'm sure they had this when the telephone came out, when the light bulb came out. It's like, nah, I don't know about this, right? No, we just, mm-hmm. how about this? You do it that way. We're going to keep doing it this way. You do it that way until really we start to see it spread and we start to see that, you know what, it's not whatever I might have thought it was, it's not, right? So I might be more open and compelled to to engage. But again, we're talking about, you know, centuries and, and centuries of, of trauma. And so that's ingrained in us and, and learned behaviors. It's impossible to get that, some, that almost it's impossible, but for somebody to change their way of thinking and two months and six months and three years and five years that's just not realistic right again it's, it varies on the individual but um it took them this long to get here and so that idea of expectation again i tried you know encourage people to go to couples therapy with me and what have you but then i had enough awareness to offer them grace and recognize like no, it took you 34 years to get to where you are today and everything that you've encountered. So even if we go to couples therapy for a year, that might not even begin to crack the surface. Uh, so I yeah. understand why, you know, resistance exists. Okay. So what about what about men that do deal with mental health or stress or trauma, anger, anything like that, that choose not to seek therapy for whatever reason the lack of mistrust you know whatever why sometimes are they not even comfortable to talk about it with their boys because i mean you got to think about what how our relationships are what our relationships are for a lot of times a lot of times our relationships are built on superficial bonds Right. Bonds that, that lack death, even though, you know, we can have the healthiest relationship. I, well, I was, we can have a great relationship, but it's still <laughs> in certain areas that we can't we don't touch because, again, we don't have an awareness of it. So with like myself and my group of friends um, before, it, you know, I, you know, it, it whittled down to a smaller number. I was a person that people contacted to to emote when they some of my, one of my homies was having anxiety issues, right? And he would talk to another, he had said something to another boy about it. He started laughing and making jokes, right? But he, even though and he laughed along with him, but he was serious. And so that's when he mm-hmm. hit me up and he ended up going and getting on medication for a period of time because again, they know that this is my bag. Like this is what I do. 
So yeah. they feel comfortable having that conversation with me. But again, that was a matter of my own self-awareness. Even though I had leaps and bounds to grow, I still had an awareness about it and an openness to, to be vulnerable. Because it's just like, you know, I am who I am. And it took me a while to get to that point to be able to have that be able to be open to have that conversation with people so you know it's just not again how we've been conditioned we can talk about you know surfacey things we could have superficial relationships like we could go drink together and have fun or um you know or go uh mingle with with others and what have you but when it comes to matters of emotion mental and emotional wellness yeah there you know there's much improvement needed in those areas but again that's that's learned behavior right and so it's reinforced by you know not only mainstream society but it's reinforced in the home by both mothers fathers grandmas aunties uncles brothers and everybody uh so we're getting it from different so many areas that it really takes the 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 inquisitive man and the man who desires to to really change that trajectory to to take it upon himself because if you leave, if you leave it up to the world um and the people within the world then nine times out of ten that's not going to happen gotcha well that makes sense um do men care about their image as it relates to mental health oh for sure for sure no you know that's that's you know when i have these groups that i have um we we definitely talk about it again it's just where can we talk about it at you know where's the place that's safe enough to to be able to have this conversation as to what affects me what's impacting me um most recently we had a conversation about abortion and it's this idea in society that uh, that men can't talk about abortion, right? Because it's a woman's body, it's a woman's choice. Uh, the only way we, we enter the discussion is through the legislative piece, you know, 20 some odd men signed this bill, right? And so, but when I sit and have these conversations with brothers, they can tell you when they had their first, third or fifth abortion, uh, what when they participated and they could tell you how, um, their their mental and emotional wellness wasn't considered during this process what they were experiencing what their feelings were about even having the abortion right and so for some of them when we had this conversation this was their first time in speaking about it right because again where else are they going to have this conversation they can't it's they can't have it with the person who actually experienced the physical pain right because then we'll start doing comparisons well they experienced physical pain as a result of it mine's is just mental and emotional and spiritual so that that pales in comparison and so that goes into the and it's not happening to us and so which is reinforced by by again by women by overall society but a brother sit there and say he cried because it happened that he didn't want it to um yeah that that shows that they are concerned about their about their wellness uh every every two weeks we got 20 brothers who tune out the podcast gets hundreds of listens and brothers hit me up talk about you know yo i, I feel the same way because i'm offering them permission to to be able to feel out in public out in out in space mm-hmm. so it's um so yeah you know they they definitely care they definitely care they recognize and i'm glad wait i'm sorry they just recognize that again they and i say it a lot they recognize that they've gotten this far 
right? But they don't, again, just want to live. They want to thrive. And what that looks like is really tuning into the the, the socio-emotional side of, of self. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's why it's great that you have the platform that you have and that you, you know, you have the, and I'm pretty sure there's other ones out there, but yours is the first that I ran across. And I was like, I said, I was so excited when I saw it because I was like, oh, I got to get a man on here. I want to get a man's perspective. But when I like the fact that you have the the podcast directed to men's and their wellness and you have the, the group where they can come and they can freely express themselves, the fact that you are a face for it. So, you know, even people that you don't know reach out to you, that gives them that outlet that they didn't think that they have so that's great um do men struggle with self-esteem and self-worth do do they live with it yeah for sure they um sorry that <laughs> word again <laughs> no it's, it's all good it's all good uh yeah no they, they definitely live with it i'm a i'm a prime example right like i'm i'm you know for those who'll see my picture at some point or might go on my instagram phil underscore quantify shameless plug yeah, people look at me and say, oh, you know, you're in great shape. You, um, you know, you're attractive and X, Y, Z. And I'm like, word, I'm still shocked when I hear, uh, you know, somebody say that I'm attractive because for so long I felt unattractive throughout, you know, my early childhood and adolescence where when they do test ranking the cutest guys in the class, I would, <laughs> I would be at the end of the list. Um, people would think, you know, like, oh, you could just get over that. But again, when it comes to trauma, when it comes to emotional distress, it differs from person to person. Right? Somebody else could have handled it a lot better than I did. But for me, it was, you know, it impacted my, my self-esteem. Me living with body image issues. I used to be, um, you know, close to 300 pounds. I haven't been that. I've been the way that I am now, you know, muscular and what have you for for more time than I, I was overweight. But again, I still feel like I'm I'm fat fill at times in my head. And I do need external um, you know, uh praise from others to just make me feel a little bit good or better about myself as I continue to to improve, you know, my self-esteem. And so when we talk about self-esteem issues, it's usually manifests itself in behaviors, right? So we get in unhealthy relationships because we don't feel good about ourselves. Because if we did, then we wouldn't participate in that. I was just having a conversation um with a brother. I was it was a barbershop event where I was, you know, I was brought in again, talk about black men's mental health. And he was talking telling me about a sister who he worked in a barbershop she worked in a salon next door and she was she exhibited insecurities and i'm like i just laughed because like yo I, and he's old he was older than, no he was the same age 35 and um i just laughed because i'm just like yo a few years ago that was me Yeah, a few years ago, that was me. And where I was in an re- unhealthy relationship with somebody who was insecure. Again, I got a lot of women friends who are strictly platonic. Um, and so I just laughed listening to him say that because it was just like, no, nah, I value myself enough to not even engage with anybody who would have an issue, who would bring up issues like that, right? And so we talk about self-esteem, self-worth when it comes to that, because otherwise you wouldn't, um, you want to subject yourself to that, right? So 
Uh, so yes, and it, it, men too, right? Men engage in unhealthy relationships because they don't feel good about themselves, whether it's interpersonal relationships, whether it's friendships, and their and their actions show it. Okay. So do men utilize self-care? And if so, what does it look like? And I mean, I know it's to each their own, but like just the general. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't even, I, you know... I don't know. I know we heavy in like the self-care era, right? Um, <laughs> like it's super heavy, which is cool. But I also think that it can, it's also a way to avoid, right? And so do men use self-care techniques? Yeah. You know, we, we, we don't go to, <laughs> we might not go to brunch. Some people go to brunch though. Like I see a lot of sisters going to brunch. We, we brunching there. We getting mani petties, and there's brothers that do that as well. Uh, for sure but you know self-care for us might look like a barbershop you know so i make sure okay. i make my appointment just to go just to, to give me some time to just go and sit and focus on me uh go to the gym i go running i'm starting to learn more about uh one of the reasons you might have had trouble getting in contact with me you hit me on all platforms like yo answering it. it's just like nah, where i'm at now like I don't have Instagram app on my phone or Facebook or I, I just took email off, right? Because I'm being more mm-hmm. intentional about how I'm using these things. Uh, and so that's smart. Yeah. So for me, it's self care. It was. It was. You know, I'm reading this book called Digital Minimalism, and so it's this idea that you know when we, if somebody went to work, if you go to work, and for the first hour they're like, all right, you done here go a hundred dollars, right? and you stay an extra seven hours and you're not getting paid then you really need to take a look at you know what that what that means and so for me with social media i had to take a look at it yeah i post about what it is that i do and what have you on a regular basis but all that extra time like what's gotcha. for that right so i just trying to be more intentional um, but you know, brothers out here trying to trying to level up and get facials and uh, and all this. <laughs> well, self care doesn't just even for women. Self care doesn't just look like that. You know, self care has many different forms, many different shapes. And, you know, I know that most people think it's for women would be just oh, let me go to brunch, let me go get my nails done, let me go hang out with my girlfriends. But self care can also be taking a break from social media, taking time to reevaluate yourself and what you need. Stay your needs stating your wants you know focusing on increasing boundaries because you know women have boundary issues so do men so self-care can look like so many different things yeah no doubt no i I completely agree saying no you know i just made a post about you know 10 ways to practice self-care by saying no and it had oh i need to check that out boundaries is my thing and different versions of saying no right and so but it also looks like not running to to go to the gym when you're upset, when you're frustrated, or going to get a manicure, pedicure when you're feeling sad. It also means just sitting through that feeling. Mm-hmm. Feeling it. And being able to work through those emotions without having something to help to help uh, curb it or to help supplement it. Right? True. So, yeah, but men, again, men practice self-care for sure. I know the brothers that come to my group, they now look at it as, you know, one of their girlfriends like, oh, you, you feel from, uh, uh, you're feel from the group that Paul goes to. Like, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, it's like, that's, but that's his thing. He's there every other week. 
um, for those few hours that we're sitting there having this discussion, right? So at minimum, um, that's what he does for, for himself and the brothers who come out, you know, and now is really working on therapy, is working on finding what it is that you like, that you would, mm-hmm. that, that can help you be a better you and help you cope in the areas of, of the quad that I mentioned earlier, physical, spiritual, mental, and emotional wellness. Okay. Well, I know I asked a lot of different questions and, you know, was there anything that you just wanted to maybe talk about? Um, I mean, I, I think it's, it's, you know, it's a topic that, you know, we can have forever, right? About True. Very true. All the influencers <laughs> of, of, you know, black men's, black and brown men's mental health. And I, I include brown men because a lot of their experiences are similar, right? And so, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, there's there's so many things that, that we can discuss, whether it's, you know, whether it's fat, the impact of fatherhood, the, the impact of lack of father, the impact of, of lack of mother or, or you know, uh, mothering in general has had on us. Um, the school mm-hmm. system, all, like all, it's so many factors that influence where we are today. And then when we really sit back and look at it, I, I'm always in amazement, right? The fact that we're here, right? The the fact that we're here, being able to to just first be, right? And then for those of us who are truly being diligent about working on their and enhancing their wellness that we're taking these steps because again it's 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 like a solo project for real for real right and and when i say a solo project like it's not a a group project yeah you know i know you know it's popular on social media no shade to black and brown women for sure but they definitely have been supportive right but they've also been a hindrance as well and so for any brother who who truly decides to work on self and you know despite the the various pressures and factors that influences man i you know I, i salute them for sure okay well, again, I thank you so much for coming on. Do you want to let everybody know your social media handles, where they can find you at and where you're at in Philly in case anybody, you know, maybe want I don't know if your group is open or closed, but like if anybody wanted to check it out. Yeah. So, so starting with the latter. So my group is at, is every other Monday at Uncle Bobby Coffee and Books in German, the Germantown part of Philadelphia. If you follow me on Instagram, Phil, P-H-I-L underscore Quadify Q is in Quail U A D is in Dog E F Y. I usually post it when it pops up. It's a free event, open to men in general. As long as you identify as being a male, um, you know it's not about how you know your sexual identity or, or gender. I well, yeah, I guess a little bit gender identity, right? But um, as long as you identify as male, you can definitely come through and show up and participate in the conversation. Um, if you're in, definitely check out the podcast, the hashtag good man on whew, iTunes, Google Play Music and SoundCloud. Uh, check out the website for sure. www.quadifyquadefyllc.net. You can get info into coaching. You can check out my YouTube videos. Definitely go on YouTube and check out my TED talk. It's called Philip Roundtree, Black Mental Health Matters. 
buy some merch because I got I'm a full time entrepreneur and my daughter's whoop, whoop. <laughs> my daughter's tuition start back up next month, right? So I definitely need that. You know, it's destigmatizing. You know, I put destigmatizing, even though I'm starting to change my idea about the word stigma. It's destigmatizing <laughs> merch. It says this is what depression looks like. This is what anxiety looks like, and blaming all matters. So feel free and and support a brother, especially because it gets the conversation started. Short story where I go to the, the bookstore that I go to it was an old white lady, she's about 75 I had my, this is what depression looks like t-shirt on, and she says something, she's like, you depressed? and I automatically got defensive, like yeah, why? She was like, oh, me too and here I am having a conversation with a 75 year old white lady who I might not have otherwise had a conversation with, because it's the idea that there's so many things in this world that are being highlighted as dividers, but you know, mental and emotional wellness in particular, the one thing that really uh, brings us together, right? Because we all experience stressors. At some point, we'll all experience some form of depression, whether it's uh, situational, like the loss of a, a pet, a, a loss of a loved one, getting a C on the test, right? Those those moments where we're extremely, we're in an extreme emotional distress, only for a short period of time, or something that majority and I, I dare to say all people will experience again if you have any type of connection with anything and you lose it so um so yeah so definitely feel free to hit me up i have a twitter phil underscore quantify i don't use it because again we talk about self-care we talk about boundaries and i ain't got time to keep up with what's happening in that world because i know that's a different beast in itself so, mm-hmm. so yeah, no, I appreciate you for for reaching out. Um, appreciate you for for uh, coming on. Like you could have said no. Oh yeah, listen, <laughs> no, I was just telling my homie right. I'm sitting outside the bookstore now, and he was like, "Yo, so if somebody just hit you up and asked you to be on a podcast, I'm like, yeah, man. Like I, you know, I'm not first. I'm not as I'm not a celebrity, right? Like I, like I, you know, I'm not in a position to, to really say no. But then it's just the idea of you know, heavy as the head that wear the crown, like I asked for this. And so anytime I can, whether you got two listeners or it's just you listening, right? This yeah. you got something out of this. And so that's how I look at it. Cause I never know who might need to just hear me offer them the, the permission to feel. And that's really, yo, that's really all I do at a core level outside of the degrees that I have and all of that. I just say, yo, it's okay to feel. And they get that from me by me being open and vulnerable. So, you know, again, I appreciate you reaching out. Thank you. Well, happy hour. I hope you got something out of this. I know I definitely did. I'm going to definitely work on that word struggle. (laughs) But thank you so much for coming on. And I thank you guys for listening out there. So until next week, peace out. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Happy Hour. Be sure to go follow me on Facebook at Therapy with Ashley. You can check out my IG at Happy Hour with Ashley, or you can even check out my website, www.ashleyjohnsoncounseling.com. Thanks for joining the Happy Hour. 
If you want to be a supporter of this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes, click the link under the details or go to anchor.fm slash happy hour with Ashley slash support. And once you're there, you can choose to become a supporter with 99 cent a month, $4.99 a month or $9.99 a month. Again, thank you for joining happy hour. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and make sure you listen.